if you care about human rights, if you care about babies, you can make a difference. And it's as simple as reaching out and getting educated and then starting to speak up. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, a segment of the Pro-Life Guys podcast where we seek to highlight some of the men and women in the pro-life movement, some of the heroes who are behind the scenes, on the streets, having those conversations and seeing people change their minds and seeing lives saved. I am really excited about the conversation we are having today because the person I'm talking to was not only a colleague in the movement, not only a friend in the movement, but she was my boss. She was my manager. She was the one who oversaw all the things that I did at CCBR, and she was a mentor in getting me started. I've told the story before of one of my first times doing Choice Chain, uh, which is uh, a project that we do where we have conversations on street corners. And I was particularly nervous and, and ran to the other side of the city to try find a washroom to hopefully so that hopefully the event was done by the time I returned. Uh, but it was at that uh, at that event that I stood beside the guest that we have on today and listen to her conversations. And that was really where I started to get a bit of an understanding, a bit of a know-how and a bit of sort of this, this confidence in having conversations with other people about abortion. And so without further ado, I'd like to introduce the one, the only Devorah Stacy. Devorah, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me, Peter. Yes, it's so good to have you. Could you kick things off by sharing with us a little bit about yourself who is Devorah Stacy, and and really, what makes your heart sing? Well, I um, I've been part of the pro life movement for a really long time, um, ever since I was a kid, actually, and so that's obviously a huge passion of mine, something that makes my heart sing. Um, but uh, about my home life, I guess I'm, I'm married. I have a beautiful daughter um, who's just four months old, and so that's been super fun. Just uh, I've been you know taking some mat leave time and taking care of her and just watching her grow. So that's been great. Um, my husband and I recently moved to Texas for um, some opportunities for him. And it's been great just getting to know people here and to get into a different uh, community. I know you recently had a show talking about what's going on in the pro-life movement here in Texas. Um, so that's been really encouraging. And yeah, I'm just glad to be here and to be able to start supporting people in Texas um, regarding uh, abortion issues after spending so many years in Canada, traveling across Canada, uh, reaching out to people there, educating people on how to be effective in the pro-life movement. Um, random things I love. Uh, anyone knows me knows I love Chick-fil-A. Um, and it's really great that I live in a city where I'm so close to one now. Um, and yeah, I love I love Florida. I've spent a lot of time doing pro-life work there, um, which I'll share some stories about in a bit. And um, I really just love all the different people I've been able to meet through the pro-life movement. It's been so awesome to meet so many people. Um, so many who are not the people type of people you think are activists. Um, there are people obviously who are, who are going, who love maybe a good argument, who are ready to you know talk and debate and, and think through things like that. But um, I guess one thing that I'm just most passionate is by seeing people often who are very timid, often who feel very uneducated, um, but they have a passion for life and they have a passion for preborn children and to empower those people and get them out on the streets, having conversations with their colleagues, doing different things, making a difference and saving lives. So yeah, that's a bit about me and some of the things that I'm really passionate about. That's wonderful. I, we are we are very similar in some ways. One of the things I'm passionate about as well is Chick-fil-A. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has really warmed my heart and given me a sense of 
just a greater sense of joy knowing that Chick-fil-A's are coming to Ontario where I live. So they're, they're getting closer to my house and I don't have to cross the border each and every time I want to grab a delicious number two Chick-fil-A deluxe. But we'll go back to the pro-life work. Um, so you, you, you're passionate about educating people, equipping people, mobilizing people in the movement, but I'd like to, to really start with your story and where it began. So could you share with us how you got in the movement and, and really why you started working with CCBR and, and started the work that you were doing? Well, I first learned about abortion when I was actually just a toddler myself. Um, I was about two years old and I, uh, overheard conversations that adults around me were having. And what had happened at that time was a nearby hospital had just started doing abortions where they previously hadn't. And I remember hearing these conversations and thinking that it was so weird that people in this day and age would do that. And one of the phrases that kind of just stuck in my memory is thinking to myself, I thought that's just what the ancient Romans did. So I'd overheard my siblings talking about studying, you know, ancient Rome for school, etc. And I remembered how they had treated infants and they would kill infants and mis mistreat them just all the time. And so I just kind of thought, wow, people now do that? That's so weird. And that was kind of my first introduction to abortion. Um, when I was about 10 is when I kind of started learning some more. Um, some people around me started getting more educated and caring about the issue. So that's when I learned we had no abortion law in Canada. That's when I learned how many, um, about 300 children were dying every day from abortion. But when it really changed for me, when I really started um, caring and seeking to get involved, uh, was when I was 13 years old. And when I was 13, I had a dream. I was more like a nightmare. And in this dream I had, I was walking with my friends, we're goofing off, joking around, having fun. And then I stepped on something and, and felt and heard the sickening crunch underneath my foot. And um, I jumped back to see what I had stepped on. And I looked down and there in front of me is this little girl who is bloody and dead. And me and my friends, we gasped in horror, we're shocked, we're scared. And then we look up and as often happens in dreams, our surroundings had completely changed. And as far as I could see in every direction were boys and girls and all of them were bloody and mangled and dead. And then there was a voice and the voice said, this is your generation that's been killed by abortion. If you do nothing about it, their blood will be on your heads. And then I woke up. And that shook me. <laughs> It impacted me, and I just started thinking about abortion and researching abortion and um, trying to talk to my friends about abortion. Um, I remember just talking to some some friends of mine who were completely pro-choice. One of them was talking about, you know, you know, we were 14, 15 then, and oh, if I got pregnant as a teenager, I'd totally have an abortion. And I was at that time able to describe what abortion did. I had read descriptions of the different procedures and I remember telling them about it. And one of the girls in the group who had previously been um, talking about how she was for abortion just said, oh, that's horrible. I can, I can never do that. Um, and so I started getting more involved, more educated. And then um, a friend invited me. So fast forward a few years, I was in my early 20s and a friend invited me to a pro-life talk. And I was like, well, I'm pro-life, so I can go to a pro-life talk. Cool. Um, what I didn't know is that it was actually a CCBR training event. And so the people who are coming were actually ones who are interested in activism. I didn't know that. I had my little notebook. I was ready to take my notes on, you know, pro-life issues. and didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And all of a sudden, I'm learning about how to talk to people on the streets about abortion. All of a sudden, they're showing abortion pictures and saying how we're going to show them on the streets. And then we're taking signs and everyone's going outside to go talk to people on the street. 
And I was terrified. I used to never talk to strangers. I was relatively shy and uh, just uncomfortable with that whole situation. But it was kind of positive peer pressure. Everyone else was going. So I just went along. And um, for the previous years, I had been signing petitions. I'd been going to the March for Life. I had been um, volunteering for a pregnancy care center. I had been doing anything and everything I could think of. Um, to get involved in the pro-life movement, but I never saw much change. And when I went out with those um, with those people on the streets with a few signs showing abortion, asking the kinds of questions, having the conversations I'd just been taught how to have um, uh, through CCBR, I saw people change their mind on abortion for the first time. I talked to a couple who had had an abortion um, when they were younger, they were uh, middle-aged, but when they were younger, they had an abortion before having their other children, and they were so hurt and so broken over that experience. They wanted to find healing. They wanted to find hope. They didn't know that other people regretted their abortion, and I was able to share that with them and connect them with a local care center that does post-abortive counseling um, and healing and talk about that with them. And so they, yeah, took their information. They took their business card I had to share with them, and I had never seen anything like that happen. And so in two hours of using CCBR's apologetics, um, conversational strategies, and in using the pictures of abortion that CCBR provided that day, I saw a difference. Um, And that's what really got me interested and involved in the movement. That's what led me to sign up um, sometime later for the Abortion Awareness Project down in Florida that uh, CCBR um, has done many years. and. Again, I was I was terrified. I I went to school for like arts. I did not do sciences. I did not do philosophy, um, and I was really nervous. <laughs> I remember just kind of standing behind this huge display we set up, holding my brochures, and just kind of shaking a little bit and thinking, "God, I cannot do this." But then realizing, if I don't just jump into the deep end now, I'm I'm never going to do anything. I'm never going to step up. I'm never going to speak out. And so I went, um, literally trembling. <laughs> to go talk to students, university students about abortion. And the first people I talked to, it wasn't honestly a great experience. They were rushing to class. It was kind of awkward. They moved on with their lives. Um, and guy came skateboarding by. Uh, I asked him what he thought about abortion. He said he was pro-choice. Um, and I just started asking him questions and showing him the pictures of abortion. And by the end of that conversation, he was telling me, you know what? abortion's no different than killing a born child. We, that's totally not okay. I'm, I'm completely against abortion. Um, and that blew my mind. I, again, was just still shocked that I could make such an impact by doing something so simple as asking someone questions, showing them pictures of abortion. And that was the first of so many conversations I had that week where people changed their minds. And by the end of the week, I said, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And so that's pretty much what I've done. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And I've been able to witness some of that. I've had the privilege of, of being part of the projects that you've been a part of, being part of uh, training sessions that you've led and, and so much, and uh, have certainly gleaned a lot from those experiences that you learned from uh, as you really started in the movement. Now, could you share uh, also along the same lines, sort of you know, joining CCBR, you you mentioned the Abortion Awareness Project. You were also uh, very involved in the mm-hmm. internship projects that we have here in the greater Toronto area. 
bringing young people in, providing training for them and, and being on the streets with them, having those same conversations like you had on that university campus with a guy on the skateboard. So could you share a little bit about some of those experiences as well? What was it that made you love the abortion awareness project and the internship so much? And, and what are some of the memories that you have from your time doing those? Yeah, for sure. So after I did the abortion awareness project, I applied to be an intern at CCBR. And so that summer is 2012. I did their internship program. And at that time, there were seven of us. And we spent our time either in the classroom studying philosophy, embryology, um, apologetics, just anything related to abortion and conversations about it. And so we studied a lot. And then we go on the streets and we use that knowledge and have conversations with people. And again, that entire summer, I lost count of the number of uh, minds that changed just through the simple conversations we had through showing the pictures. And it was amazing. It was challenging. Um, we also did a project uh, called postcarding where we dropped leaflets in people's uh, mailboxes. So we'd spend our hours walking, we'd spend our hours talking, we'd stand, spend our hours studying. It took a lot of mental, emotional energy, um, physical energy out of us. And it was so worth it. Um, I'll never forget so many of the conversations I had that summer where people at the end just looked at me that I'm completely pro-life now. Abortion's so wrong. Um, I remember one man who told me that abortion wasn't his issue um, because he was gay. He said, I'm never going to get pregnant. I'm never going to get anyone pregnant. That's, that's not what I'm going to do. And so I just asked, do you believe in human rights? He said, of course I do. I said, well, who are those for? He said, everyone. I asked, well, if two humans reproduce with species of their offspring, he said human. Said, exactly. So you're someone who you say, you say that you care about human rights. You acknowledge that preborn children are living human beings like you and I. If you hear that a human right is about to be violated, if you have a friend or a colleague or a family member who's considering abortion, what should you do? And he looked at me and goes, I guess I'll have to support them. Like not, not having the abortion it to raise their kid or, or, or for adoption or, and he just started getting all these ideas of how he can like financially support his friends who are struggling with unwanted pregnancies, um, how he could walk with them, how he could support them. And um, it was just amazing just to see this complete transformation. He said it was going to change the way he was going to vote. Um, he had, yeah, so many, so many things going on that and just, you could see his mind that those wheels turning as he realized what it would look like for him to walk away from that conversation pro-life. And so from talking to him, from talking to teenage girls who started conversations saying, I 100% would get an abortion if I get pregnant in high school or university, ending with us saying, you know what, if I get pregnant in high school or university, I'm definitely going to have to either raise that child or, and you know, I remember one girl saying, or put, a, or put my child up for adoption or another child saying, you know what, if I talk to my mom, she'd totally help me raise a kid. And just these people actually, not just understanding intellectually what um, our conversations were about, but actually changing the way they think and the way they plan and the way they act from these conversations. So it was an amazing time. Um, it stretched me. It pushed me out of my comfort zone. Like I said earlier, I used to be what I considered shy. I used to hate talking to strangers. And honestly, I still don't love talking about controversial topics. Like I don't, I know some people like to argue for the fun of it. I tend not to be that person. Um, but when someone else's life is at stake, we don't get to live inside our comfort zones. And so at the end of that summer, I said, that is the, that was the best and hardest summer of my life. 
and kind of over the next couple of years that I uh, worked with at CCBR, um, I realized I would love to take that experience I had as an intern, a group of seven in 2012, and help other people have, yes, the hardest, but the best summer of their lives as they learn and are empowered to save children. And so that's that's what I, I, I've done for many years. Um, and I helped out with some internships, some, some stuff in 2014, but 2015 was the first time I actually was internship director. And it was amazing. Our internships had grown from, you know, seven people in 2012 to in 2015, we had 27 interns. And so there was a, a group of staff um, and then all these interns. That's when Peter was an intern. Um, that's when you were an intern. So it was, it was an amazing summer. But again, taking so many people who didn't know how to have a good conversation about life issues, who were often, who were, you know, insecure about talking about abortion, shy, timid, just so uncomfortable with the situation. But they were willing to get involved because they knew someone else's life is on the line. And just honestly, I think the pro-life movement attracts just such incredible, beautiful people because if you're going to get involved and I think sure everyone can do things for the wrong motives, but often when people come to CCBR, when you come and you know, you're going to put yourself out there, you're going to put yourself on the front lines. People are going to be mad at you. People are going to swear at you. People are going to ostracize you. People are going to assume bad things about you without even getting to know you. When you put yourself there, most people are doing that because it's an act of selflessness. It's an act of sacrifice. It's an act of love. And so you have these people willing to leave their comfort zones because they care about somebody else, because they care about preborn children. And so you just end up working with these fantastic people and equipping them to use, um, to utilize their, the skills that they might not even know they have um, to take these people of such great character and give them the tools to be effective in society. And so it is just fantastic to hear about the lives saved um, to see pictures of the children saved, to see these um, young people come in, come through the program, and leave empowered. And um, so a lot of a lot of these people have ended up working in the pro life movement, whether for CCPR or other pro life organizations. Um, some work at pregnancy care centers. Some work for uh, against abortion groups in other cities. People are teachers, are doctors, are nurses, are, are in politics. Um, these young people have gone just all over society. And with that, they're bringing the pro-life message. They're bringing what they learned. They're bringing their boldness and their compassion and their love into their workplaces and into the various settings that they've gone. And I just love seeing that and love being able to have been part of um, the internships I was able to direct, but then also in part of just creating these programs to train um, these young people. Yeah, that's amazing. And and as you're talking, I'm thinking I've I've been to conferences and I've had conversations with people who've never seen someone change their mind on abortion before, especially change their mind from being totally pro-choice to totally pro-life. And when I listen to you, I hear that you have countless stories uh, just memorized and, and stories of experiences that you've had where people have actually changed their mind, not just people who are like kind of pro-life became kind of more pro-life. By people who are like, I'm totally pro-choice at the beginning of the conversation, trying to convince you and, and you know, make sure that you know as well at the end of the conversation that, yes, uh, killing a child outside of the womb is the same as killing a child inside of the womb in terms of the sort of horrific nature of it. 
And so uh, I think that speaks a lot to the training that we get at CCBR. I just want to clarify what CCBR is for anyone who doesn't know. Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform, the organization we both worked for. You can learn more about that organization at endthekilling.ca. But just about that training, Devora, that you provided, that uh, others provided as well, um, was just really key to having those on-the-street conversations. Now, I'd like to sort of pull that string a little bit more. You also did a lot of training sessions to not just to interns, not just to people, you know, these part-time staff at CCBR, not just internally, but also to local community groups across the country, also to uh, those who are in the medical field, those who are into politics and and doing political work uh, as well, so that they're able to have conversations, good conversations, effective conversations, winsome conversations with people in their spheres of influence and in their sort of realm in which they work. Could you speak to that as well, sort of the importance of not just pro-life activists getting training, not just people going on the streets and going door to door, getting this training, but every pro-lifer in every field of work, knowing how to have these good conversations. Well, it's so incredibly important. I think one of the saddest messages I get, um, and I've had these emails pretty much and messages pretty much ever since I started working in the pro-life movement, um, but it's people who find out that their sibling or their friend or other relation um, had an abortion and either they found out too late just after the abortion um, or they found out before the abortion happened, but things were already so in motion. The abortion was scheduled. Maybe it was the next day. Maybe it was that day. Um, and they didn't know what to do or say. And then, and then the abortion happened. And there's other stories I have where people had training, were equipped. And again, not activists, um, no one who did a whole internship or a big program with CCBR, but, um, just average everyday people and who are trained and who are able to take that conversations and change people's minds about abortion um, and save save lives. And it is it's so key for people to know how to respond. Um, whether it's an actual person right in front of you who's pregnant at that moment or just a colleague or friend who has questions or is curious or supports abortion in any way, to be able to have those effective conversations, maybe they're never going to be in a situation where they want an abortion but they're likely going to know someone who does or who will have an abortion. And so just planning, planting those seeds. And I remember one, one elderly man uh, after one of my presentations, just coming to be weeping and saying, you know, two of my granddaughters had abortions and I, I didn't like it, but I didn't know how wrong it was. And I didn't know what I could say. And that's just so tragic when that happens. Or there's other situations where I know people who are able to, lovingly convey the truth about abortion to their friends or family members who then later um, were in a situation where in an unplanned pregnancy and said, no, I've seen abortion. I cannot do that to my baby. That's that's a quote I've heard from multiple people. Um, I've seen abortion. I can't do that to my baby. And and in those situations, that's that's why we do what we do. That's why we train. That's why we educate. That's why we equip people to lovingly and truthfully talk about abortion. That's why we equip people to lovingly and truthfully show people abortion imagery because it does save lives. And And whether it's in your workplace, um, whether it's uh, in your home, there's going to be opportunities for everybody to speak to this issue at some point or other. Um, one of the very first live saves that I ever encountered when I joined the pro-life movement was from someone's social media post. 
Um, and I've, I've experienced the same now where I just posted something on social media, somebody saw it, cancel their abortion appointment. Um, so there's so, so many reasons, um, in Canada, there's over 300 reasons every single day why we should be equipped is to rescue those children from being taken to death. Yeah, that's huge. And that really ties into my last question that I have coming here. Devorah, you've inspired a lot of people to be mobilized and equipped and to be active in the movement. You've encouraged a lot of people to do that. I think a lot of the things that you said today have been encouraging and inspiring as well, but maybe speak to it more directly. What sort of words of encouragement and, and inspiration and just sort of what, what would you say to someone who's thinking about getting in the, involved sort of more actively in the movement? Um, how would you sort of direct them and guide them uh, into their thoughts as they sort of think of whether they should continue on? It's so incredibly important to be involved. I can't, um, yeah, there, in a way there, there are, there are no words that can convey the absolute necessity to get involved. And that's why I think part of getting involved is often showing, um, those abortion pictures first, um, to ourselves and then second to others. When I was about 16, um, as I mentioned earlier, I'd been educating myself about abortion. And I remember thinking one day, like, if I want to be involved in this, I should see what it looks like. Because I'd actually never looked at abortion before. And I just, I went on this pro-life website I was aware of and looked up a video of different pictures of abortion. And I remember just watching it and, and weeping. And then afterwards, just praying and saying, what can I do about this? Um, and just to know that in our own country, in our own communities, there are human beings that are being taken to death. There are human beings who are being taken apart, um, torn apart piece by piece. There are human beings being literally shredded to death. And first of all, it shouldn't be this way. And second of all, it does not have to be this way. And we can make a difference. We really can. And anyone who says, I don't have what it takes, I didn't have what it took. <laughs> I did not have the education. I did not have the skills. I didn't have the personality. I, that, that was not me. Um, I remember one of my friends who uh, has worked for CCR for some, quite some time now. Um, we're quite close, but uh, her dad once said <laughs> uh, to a group of people she was speaking to, he was introducing to her, a lot of them uh, were his connections. And he said, you know, of all my kids, I would never expected her to be the one to do this. And um it was because she's really like quiet and shy. <laughs> um, but she knows that if she doesn't speak up, there are children who are going to die. Um, and so it is, it is a life and death or death issue. Um, it's not something that we can take lightly. It's something that we, we know what's happening and, and we have to respond. Um, yeah, uh, actually, one, one thing that really impacted my, uh, my idea, not just of abortion, but of the need for action um, on abortion was being pregnant myself. Um, I always thought it'd be interesting, you know, I'd done pro-life work for years um, before I had my, uh, my daughter. And so I always kind of thought like, what would it be like to be pregnant after doing all this work on the issue of abortion? And um, first of all, I, I no one I found was pregnant. I sadly downloaded one of those apps that like shows you a picture of your baby, what your baby looks like every single week. Um, and then I forgot about it. Um, because you know, when I got to eight weeks, I knew exactly what my baby looked like. It just is my head. 
I knew all the milestones she was getting at. Again, nine weeks. Oh, this is what's developing. 10 weeks. Oh, that's what's developing. That's what she looks like. Because I've worked and discussed and studied embryology for so long. I didn't need the app really. Um, it was just all in my head. At the same time, it really didn't feel like I had a baby inside me. Like I was just really sick. And um, all I felt was sickness. And I know some women feel really connected to their children right away. I did not. Um, I was just sick. I was sick all the time. And it made my life super miserable. And I remember thinking, you know, what? if I had never seen an abortion and someone came to me and said, hey, there's this quick surgery we can do, you know, day or two of recovery and you'll be fine and you won't be sick again. That would sound really appealing. And for all these people who get pregnant, especially when they don't want to, these are unexpected pregnancies by people. Um, you know, they're surprised to find out they're pregnant. And then, you know, whether they're sick, whether it's going to impact their career, whether it's going to impact their family dynamics, whether they feel like they can afford the child, there's all these reasons people have. And if they, like, I've done pro-life work for almost my entire life. <laughs> I've been involved in one way or the other. I've cared about these children in one way or the other. And I know what abortion looks like, except that I would have had no idea unless someone else had started by showing me those pictures. And, and so I just became so much more passionate about showing people abortion imagery um, by my own pregnancy, because these women, they're not necessarily, um, they're not necessarily educated like you and I are. <laughs> They don't remember studying embryology if they did at all in high school. Um, and they're just living their lives. Abortion, pro-life issues are not in their mind. Um, and if we don't tell them, who will? Right? They're not in that situation. They don't feel connection. They just want their pregnancy to be over and someone tells them they can. And I remember talking to one, one woman and she was saying, well, you know, I just, if I got pregnant, I'm, I'm not ready to be a mother. And I remember just looking at her and saying, if you get pregnant, you already are a mother. Either you're the mother of a living baby or a dead baby, but you're a mother. And I remember just, again, seeing her stop and pause and think about that. And at the end of the conversation, again, she left completely pro-life. But part of it was because she'd seen the reality of abortion. And so there are so many people getting abortions literally today. Um, and they're doing so simply because no one's spoken to them, simply because no one showed them what abortion looks like. No one's reached out to them. And so they're going in ignorance to just, you know, have a surgery that's going to seemingly take care of their problems and make them feel better in a few days. Um, and that is just such a tragedy. And it's a tragedy that you and I have the ability to stop. And so if you care about human rights, if you care about babies, you can make a difference. And it's as simple as reaching out and getting educated and then starting to speak up. That's huge. And that's powerful. Thank you so much for that, Devorah. And just, I mean, just to, to really highlight, like you said, we use abortion victim images, images uh, in all of the work that we do for that very reason, so that people uh, can see what abortion is, right? They, they hear it from our mouths. We have the apologetics but it allows them in a, in a blink of an eye to see precisely what an abortion procedure will do to their little boy or their little girl. So thank you so much, Devorah, and thank you for taking the time and joining me today on Humans of the Pro-Life Movement. Thanks so much for having me, Peter.
Yeah, it's my pleasure and it's great to talk to you again. Thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode. We are extremely grateful for your continued support and for your time, for listening to the podcast, for learning more. If you're new to the podcast, uh, myself, I'm the host of the show and with my co-host Cam, we talk a lot about what's happening in the abortion war and what's was really sort of our passion is what Devorah highlighted here today, and that is having those good conversations, knowing good apologetics, knowing how to respond, not just in effective ways, but also loving ways, also winsome ways, so that we really can see people change their mind on abortion. So go check out some of the other episodes. You can find them on your favorite podcast catcher, be that Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite content. You can do that, on, you can watch on YouTube, uh, by searching the Pro-Life Guys podcast or check out our website, prolifeguys.com. That's prolifeguys.com for a full back catalog of all the episodes that we have. If you want to partner with the Pro-Life Guys podcast, if you want to be involved in the work that we're doing to help us create better content and reach more people, not just in Canada, not just in the United States, but we have listeners around the world, you can be part of this mission by financially partner partnering with us uh, and becoming a patron at patreon.com slash guys. Not only will you be involved in sort of getting this content out to the world, getting people equipped with good apologetics and having people know more about the abortion war, but there's some pretty cool merch that's available there as well. There's some cool perks in, in terms of uh, special content and more as well. So go check us out, patreon.com slash guys. My name is Peter. I'm the host of the show. Like I said on the top, thank you so much for tuning in and we hope you tune in again next time.